0: Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcast. Thank you and we hope you enjoy.
1: All right. Thank you so much. Welcome. Yes, I thought it'd be fun to invite the neighbors. They are just uh, north of us. And so they're moving home. So we just thought, hey, why don't we introduce ourselves and have kind of a reverse trigger treat thing. Instead of getting treats, we go deliver little bags of popcorn and say, hey, we're just popping by. So cheesy, (laughs) so cheesy, (laughs) cheesy, thank you, Joey. That's how we run, that's how I work. Anyways, it's a good chance to be missional and have some fun with it. Um, As you know, we are in a mission series. This is Missions Month here at Streams, and uh, we've been featuring overseas missions and we appreciate a huge shout out to you all. Um, You guys really took a lot of uh, children to sponsor so we appreciate that and we love that they are right in Ecuador which is a program that we are uh, definitely connected to as well so thank you for that. Today we're going to be pivoting a little bit and we're going to feature and highlight three different mission projects right here in our local neighborhood we're going to be talking about the agua freya food bank the cadence program which reaches out to all of our military here at luke and then also our amazing prison ministry and so i love the fact that we give to a lot of different local organizations we're just highlighting these three but i want you to be encouraged that as you hear these testimonies when you give to streams we you are a part of what god is doing in these ministries so I love missions, I love talking about missions, and we have a huge Sunday for you, a lot of really cool stories, but I just wanted to give you one quick thought before we launch into things. This comes out of Matthew, this is Jesus' words. In Matthew five sixteen. 16, uh, Jesus says, "...in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father." So Jesus says, hey, it's okay if people see you doing your good deeds. Let those shine out because, and here's the thought, as we give, as we serve, as we care for the marginalized, as we meet our neighbors, that all brings a culmination to people blessing and praising God. It encourages their faith, and it turns to worship to God as we serve. Think about that. What an amazing concept that as I serve, as I give of myself, people are inspired to praise God. Listen how um, 2 Corinthians phrases it. This is in chapter 9. This is so cool. You will be enriched in every way so that you can give generous on every occasion. And through us, get this, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I don't know if you've ever been desperate in your faith. <laughs> I don't know if you've been discouraged and depressed. I don't know if you've been financially strapped, and you were just saying, God, I need help. Has anybody been there? And maybe you, get a, maybe you get a message. Maybe you hear a song. Maybe somebody sends you a text. Or maybe somebody sends you money. And you're just like, thank God, you heard my prayer. And that's when faith becomes real. You see, as a church, we are here to give and to serve and to build others up. And that's what this is such a great concept of like, as we do that, we are building people up to praise and to worship God. And it says, because of your service of which you have provided yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience. That accompanies your confession of the gospel of christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else and in their prayers for you their hearts will go out to you because of the suppressing grace that god has given you thanks be to god for his indescribable gift it's because of the grace of god that we can give it's because of the grace of god that we can give and maybe you're here and you're just like i'm just treading water maybe it's our time as a church to come around you we have a prayer team after service but we love missions, and we want to care for our community. We want to care for those around us. Um, that's why uh, the first first um, mission program that we're going to be talking about is the Agua Fria Food Bank. Who's ever given peanut butter and jelly in the wagon out there? Yes. I uh, had a chance to meet Lillianne this week, and um, she is the head of the food bank. And there's a couple of photos that you can kind of— uh, uh, scroll along there, but here's a little of what the Agua Fria Food Bank does. It's open from Monday through Friday, uh, 8 to 12, and they serve about 30 to 40 lunches every day. So they give out food boxes once a month to families. There's really not much strings to chat, you know, like there's not a whole lot of red tape to get this food box. You just fill out information and that's it. So if families can get a food box and store it, that's great. But also, maybe there's homeless people or people who are in between housing that just need a a sack lunch. They can go there, get a sack lunch. They've completely remodeled their facility, and they can go in there and get a shower. It's such an amazing, amazing program. They have all sorts of different um, programs for the seniors, um, even moms with um, babies. They have a a clothing ministry that they do. Um, So they really have a lot going on. This is about 15 minutes from this location. So COVID has really hit them big time. They're usually working about 10 different volunteers each shift. Some shifts are down to maybe two or three volunteers. So um, maybe you want to get your kids involved and you have a day, go on their website. You can download the, the application to serve. Um, but you can help cars through the the drive-through area, or you can, you know, package food up for the sack lunches, but it's a great program even for kids to get involved. They do have a program every first and third Saturday, really early in the morning at about like five to eight, something like that, where you can come and help um, put together food boxes. They have huge events. They're going to do a Thanksgiving event that they're going to give out about 500 food boxes, and so um, if you're want to get more involved with that or find out, maybe explore what that looks like for you to get involved, you can go back and talk to Dolores and um, even, you know, do a little tour of the facility. Um, As I was walking through, I thought it was so cool because they have a little plaque. It was a special thanks to Streams Church, and I'm like,
0: that's us.
1: Um, But there was donations that went in to buy this huge walk-in freezer. I'm talking it's from here to that wall. It's just a huge big three tier walk-in freezer so that they could store turkeys and all this type of stuff. So that is your generosity. That is us coming together to bless the community and for people to praise God. So you guys did that. Thank you so much for your generosity in that. I thought that was really cool. Um, So I want to invite our first uh, or another missionary friends, uh, Don and Val Bassett. Come on up. Yeah. They are with Cadence Ministry. And they're going to tell us about some of the things that they have done to connect with airmen and women at Luke.
2: So, my name is Don Bassett. This is my wife, Valerie. And we um, partner with a ministry called Cadence International, and they focus on ministering to the military community. And uh, we got the opportunity to get involved many years ago. I guess it's been four years now. And it was uh, based on the the house from um, Tanya and Peter Kinney. They were the missionary couple for Cadence that had uh, come to Streams and we got a chance to get involved and and serve and see what they were all about. And um, interesting thing took place is that They were called to another part of the country in south dakota to start a hospitality house so they needed an interim family to come and help keep this ministry going and so val and i um, i don't know graciously is the word we we wanted to do this and we said lord help us do this so i'm gonna let my wife kind of continue on the journey
3: Um, Yeah, we really love doing this, and the main reason we did get involved is, um, some of you know us, both of our boys went into the Marine Corps, and they didn't have a house nearby, so they really struggled with being away from family, so we look at this as part of our family, and just having a bunch more kids, whether they like that or not, I don't know. So what we do is every, our house meets on Tuesday nights. Every Tuesday night we do dinner and Bible study. Um, So it's a home cooked meal. So I cook every Tuesday night for about 20 to 25 airmen and then we have a handful of volunteers. Um, And it's just such a blessing to be around these guys. And I I, I joke that I forget sometimes how old I am because I hang out with a bunch of people in their mid 20s and, and we actually had an airman um, recently, um, well it was Bryce, I'm gonna tell this story. We were moving him and I was asking him how old his parents were and he tells me and I was like, oh, so were your parents' age. And he's like, mm, wow, I really didn't think of you as my parents' age. I'm like, yes, that is a win. So, um, but yeah, we just really love this ministry. It's so, we are blessed by them um, and just being able to cook for them. And, and yes, it is a lot of work, but uh, we love it. So um, it's just such a blessing. So I'm, do you wanna introduce them? So
2: it's, it's a really, it's become a really great community and it's, it's growing and we've got several um, different churches that help uh, participate in it. We've got amazing volunteers. Um, it's, it's thriving. We're excited what God's gonna do. We have a table out front that's going to have more information about Cadence and getting involved. And we'll be there as well as some other Cadence missionaries. So we're excited about that. But we wanted to bring uh, up some airmen that have testimonies about what this community has been to them. So I'm going to
3: start with Sam. Yes, Sam. So I'll just. One thing about Sam, he is an amazing baker. He's going to hate me for saying this. But he is actually like our hospitality house baker. So almost every Tuesday night, he bakes dessert for all these guys, and he does a great job. So, sorry.
2: So go ahead and tell us about how you got involved at the hospitality house, and then what it's been like to be in that community. My name's Sam. Hello. Uh, how I got involved. I just kind of baked, and then they said, "That tastes good. Keep making more." Oh, how I got invited! I got invited uh, to by my friend. Uh, he decided you should come with me to this Bible study. I said, "Okay." I was really seeking the fellowship when I got here, and I found it there. And it's kind of my family here, so it's cool. Pretty good. Pretty cool. Yeah. Great community. Um, it's awesome. Very blessed. And then we have uh, we have Reed Whitney, and I want him to tell a little bit about how he got involved and what the community's been to him.
4: Okay, so hi, I'm I'm Reed Whitney. For those of you who don't know, we, have, we both work on Luke Air Force Base. Um, I work on the latest and greatest fifth-gen fighters, so that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like as don mentioned peter and tanya kenny were the ones who started this hospitality house and peter was the one who invited me uh, i was like three and a half years ago now through the through the chapel who did like a pizza dinner for or pizza lunch for new airmen going through like the new airman course at luke and peter was there and just invited me and i was like well, that sounds cool because i didn't know anybody so i started going uh probably less than a month after i got out here and i've been going ever since and it's really been a blessing to me just with that community of of faith and other christians it's really tough leaving like where you grew up when you have been surrounded by this community of faith your entire life and then you join the military and you leave and the military can be kind of a rough crowd and you're just surrounded by all this stuff and maybe encouraged to do activities that are maybe not the best and it's just really encouraging to have this community of young you know, people your age who believe the same things you do and you can just have good wholesome fun with and that's just been uh, really huge for both of us throughout our time at Luke just keeping us on the straight and narrow. and and uh, just helping us grow in our faith.
2: So one of the, yeah, give it up for Reed. One of the, the amazing things that happen in communities, special Christian communities, is you meet other believers that are like-minded and you came into the hospitality house uh, a single person, but but now you have this lovely lady next to you. This is Reed's wife, Lydia. So she's gonna share about, yeah. She's going to share about what what got her into the house, and then what that community of fellowship's been for her.
5: All right, I wasn't going to talk; I was just going to let Reed do the talking. But I did I did have one quick thing to say. So anyone who's eaten at military dining facilities knows why we need hospitality House. <laughs> but yes, uh, we have been thoroughly blessed by the hospitality house—not just with getting to know each other, but Like Reed said, having that faith community that we really need to carry out our duties. Um, And Reed and I are blessed to have been located here for a long time, so we've gotten connected with this church and with Cadence, and so we have multiple communities, and it's really neat now that we have Don and Val, and those communities are kind of coming together, like watching that take shape. It's been pretty awesome. So thank you, everybody, for who's helped and for your support, for supporting the military. You guys are awesome.
4: So just for the record, the jury is still out on whether or not the hospitality house can take credit for Lydia and I. There's a couple other people who claim us. So Peter wants it, but I'm not sure if it's his, for the record.
3: Um, coming up we're going to be doing uh, something that Peter and Tanya actually started um, we do and we stuff Christmas stockings and we give them out at the house to all the airmen that attend but we also take any leftovers and take them and pass them out um, in the dorms at bay, on base so we were blessed with two ladies here from streams um, they're actually our winter visitors so I don't think they're in town yet that have blessed us with some beautiful Christmas stockings I think want to say we have between 75 and 90 that we're going to be stuffing. And so we'll be collecting things to go in those. Um, I know granola bars, Rice Krispie treats, um, beef sticks. I know we've done little flashlights. We try to do like a little gift card for either start like $5 for Starbucks or something for Chick-fil-A or anything like that. So I know there'll be more information about that, but it's it's just such a big blessing because some of these guys aren't able to go home for Christmas. So getting something like that really means a lot. And it's a tool, especially passing out on base for us to introduce ourselves to them and invite them to the house, so. Do you have anything else to add or say? All right, that's it, so thank you.
1: Yes, yes, and they forgot to mention, but they were like, hey, we wanna be here to help, and so Reed and Lydia, they uh, explored what youth was like, and now they are uh, some leaders in youth, yeah. Yes. Um, This is really an amazing ministry. Um, Some of you guys might not know about it. That's why we really wanted to highlight and give some time. But um, if you guys want to come on up, Paul and Sherry, they have been serving in Alongside Ministries with, uh, it's a prison ministry. And so they have some really, really great stories. So Paul's going to share a little bit more about it. All right.
5: So tell us a little bit more about Alongside Ministries. Uh, good morning everyone. Um, I want to uh, first of all just uh, mention that I am so thankful for those of you that have been behind me in prayers for recovery from hip replacement surgery. And that I'm three and a half weeks out from that now and it's really, really gone amazingly well. Um, it's really good to be past the point where I had uh, just a lot of pain going on every time I would take a step. I'm at that place where I can I can stand now and don't feel pain, and so it's just a tremendous thing. Uh, thank you so much for your prayer. Um, it's just this week that I've transitioned from using a walker to the cane, and I, I can actually walk around without the cane, so it's, it's doing pr- it, I'm, I'm really doing good. So uh, thank you. We had a lot of uh, people that donated food that, during that first week also. Appreciate that so much. It was really helpful. Uh, Sherry had a lot on her during those days. And it was my full-time nurse. And, boy, she really came through like a trooper without too much complaining. And uh, uh, couldn't, couldn't have done without her. So I want to share uh, Today about a ministry that has been close to uh, sharing Maya's heart for many, many years now. Uh, We've gotten involved and uh, it has been very, very meaningful to us. It's called Alongside Ministries. Alongside Ministries is a ministry that transitions with prison inmates from inside to outside, and so hence the name Alongside. We come alongside the inmate and help them in that transition. You're probably aware that transitioning from uh, being incarcerated to totally free, just uh, it, it's, a ch- it's a challenging and difficult thing, the recidivism rate of those uh, in the general population that are released and then go back to prison. Uh, I don't know the exact figure, but it's in the 70s percentile. After they're released, they go back. And there's a very high percentage even of Christians, those who are involved in Christian ministries that uh, if they do not connect on the outside with a support network, uh, wind up back in prison. So the need was there and Alongside stepped in. I want to share just some of the things that Alongside does. And then we have a uh, couple of visitors with us today that, are going, that have gone through the program and we're going to uh, tell their, their story, which uh, God has just done tremendous things. And it's been very, very satisfying, deeply fulfilling to see what God has done. And that's that's why we do it. That's why we love it. So one of the things that Alongside does is we do on the inside, we do Bible studies. Sherry is currently involved as a Bible study teacher at Perryville Women's Prison at 303 and Highway 10. And then we do um, church services. And that was how I got involved. I uh, for uh, before COVID hit, I counted about seven years that I was involved uh, twice a month going in and preaching uh, to women. Now, it so happens that with Alongside, uh, I was the first male that was invited to go into the women's prison to preach, and they'd have women's preachers, and they just just decided it would be good to involve a male uh, as a role model, and I just came to really value that time. Uh, I didn't realize that one of the former women who I preached to is also here, <laughs> and her name is Jen, and Jen is here on the front row with her husband Ernesto. Both of them went through our program and came very uh, came very faithfully uh, to the services. So that's what is done on the inside, and then the uh, the ministry provides housing on the outside. So once a an inmate transitions. Uh, from, from prison then they enter a program on the outside where they have housing and they enter a very highly structured program it can go for up to a year and then we have a, there's a big graduation ceremony that is powerful uh, when we go to those ceremonies and we see what god has done in the lives of men and women and just change the trajectory of their lives so we're going to tell you that story it's a very very powerful uh story this morning so um i well let's talk about mentoring the the heart of the ministry is mentoring so alongside ministries pairs uh, a volunteer and an inmate while they're on the inside now the bible studies and preaching services are very evangelistic we invite everyone to come to those Uh, but to be part of the program and be assigned a mentor you have to apply be accepted Uh, It's a discipleship program. You've already decided that you're going to follow Jesus. This is the direction you want to go with your life. And so those that are accepted into the program then are paired with a mentor um, sometime uh, up to six months to a year usually before release. And so that is how Sherry got involved as a mentor. And so I'm going to invite Sherry and Audrey to come up right now and share their story.
6: So um, I got, Paul kind of already said, I got involved in with Alongside in 2013. And I had, I grew up in church. I've been involved in church all my life. I wanted something a little different. And this is definitely, oh, yeah, that makes a difference. This is definitely different. Um, the women inside recognize how much need they have. And that is just so real, it's so cool to see. Um, and it makes giving out the word or sharing your testimony or doing worship, whatever you do, it, it just makes it really enjoyable. Um, my brother has worked in prison ministry. He was involved with prison fellowship a long time ago. And in that process, he met this man who became a really good friend of his who is the founder of Alongside. And so that's how I got involved with Alongside. I I had always heard about Alongside from my brother, and when I retired from teaching, I got involved. Um, And the first thing I did... Audrey, you want to come up? First thing I did was mentor this wonderful lady. (laughs) So... Why don't you tell us a little bit about how we met?
7: Okay, so I was in prison for 13 years, and right before I got out, uh, Sherry and I met, and uh, we actually were writing letters first because you know the badging process takes a while sometimes. Uh, so, but we realized we had so much in common. It was definitely a God thing that got us together and uh then we finally met we met a couple times in
6: prison and then she picked me up so tell us about your background and how you came to know christ Uh,
7: well i was definitely a hot mess (laughs) i had three kids in three years uh, not being married and um, had a lot of complications with that and couldn't hold down a job and i was just i started uh stripping and uh just trying to keep a roof over my kids' heads. And uh, that didn't work out so well. And, <laughs> and uh, I ended up finally, I had been calling out to the Lord for years since my oldest, well, since I was pregnant with my oldest. I was just crying out and I didn't know really that much about him. So it took about four years before I finally started going to church. And in 1998, I became a Christian. And I, I was doing really well for about two years and then I backslid and ended up in prison. So, um, yeah, uh, I realized that I needed more of a community support system and I needed to know God a lot better than I did. So
6: how did you get involved with Alongside?
7: I had my second nervous breakdown while I was in prison and uh, a friend of mine told me about a couple of church services, one of which was Alongside. And I ended up, there was a, they were doing like a weekend seminar thing and I got to meet a few of the ladies, and so I applied right then and there and said that that's where I want to go. God said, you need to go there, and that's, that's what I did.
6: So she got accepted into the program, which is the first step that the, an inmate goes through in order to be uh, assigned a mentor. Tell us about the mentoring.
7: The, f- the first time Sherry and I met, um, I felt like I had known her my whole life. And uh, it, it's just been really amazing to have a woman who cares about me as a person and doesn't care about all of my m- past mistakes, but cares about who I am and, and and the potential that I have. And and just pouring Jesus into me um, was exactly one of the biggest things that I needed and I didn't even know.
6: So how about the day of religious?
7: Um Well, that was a nerve-wracking <laughs> Day, Because a lot of the women that I had been in there with, um, they would get to the gate, and then they would say, nope, we changed your mind. We're not letting you out. So that was a big fear for me. And then I, they finally opened the gate, and I saw Sherry, and I was like, okay, we're good. God's got this, you know. And uh, she took me to Cracker Barrel, and uh, we got to um, just hang out and talk. And then I got to... Um, the house, and they had my bed ready, and they had all you know a bag full of hygiene and, and just all kinds of stuff. And we got to just sit there and go through everything and, and just talk and, and just praise the Lord because it was um, a day I never really thought I'd see. <laughs> so it was great.
6: And what did your life look like while you were in the program?
7: Um, well, it was still a hot mess, I just had Jesus, so he had to. Um, he had to work on me some. So after my f- second nervous breakdown, God and I had a, uh, several arguments, um, one of which was he said he had a man for me, and I said, you're crazy. And he said, no, I have a man for you. And um, that was one of the many things that we had to work through because I had a lot of baggage and a lot of problems with trust in men, and I said I'd never be with another man. And God said, no, I, th- I, I have other plans. And... Um, so that was one of the many things. I couldn't hold down a job um, when I first got out. Uh, I thought I had it all together, and I really didn't. And so it took about 10 months for me to get my head out of my butt and realize I didn't have it all together. <laughs> and Sherry and I had to pray a lot about that. And uh, finally, we went to a retreat, an alongside retreat. And uh, God said, this is it. This is, this is the weekend. You've got to decide. Are you going to do this, or are you going back to prison? And they said, oh, I'm going to do this. This is you've, you've told me I have to do this, so I'm going to do this. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, God started just, the Lord just started putting th- oh, these open doors in my path. And it, it was just really amazing to watch those o- doors finally start opening because I was trying to stay focused and not be all over the map. So.
6: It did take a little bit of time, but Audrey has just done so well. She has a great job now. So why don't you tell us about your life now?
7: Um, I have been at the same job for six over six and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> I have never held down a job that long, so it's a pretty it's a miracle. Even though there's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of stress, and um, I have a great boss, and we didn't always get along, but we get along pretty well now, and. Uh, uh, there I was able to reun- be reunified with uh, my mom, my sister. My sister said she never talked to me again. She and I are really close. My son came back into my life. I had given my kids up for adoption when I went to prison. So my oldest came back into my life um, back in 2018. Um, I have a grandbaby. My, older, my middle daughter had a baby. I haven't met him yet, but um, I have seven grandchildren through my husband and then one through my daughter. And so I'm a, I'm a grandma, I'm a nana, <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> strange. And then my, step, my stepdad suddenly died Easter weekend this year. And uh, I've been helping my mom a lot. And it's really weird thinking that I'm, I'm the responsible one now. Like, <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it did. My sister lives in Colorado, so she isn't able to be as involved. And um, my son has l- suddenly lost his mind. So he's not there to help my mom either. So it's just, it's Abel and I, and uh, it's been
6: strange, but good. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I don't know if you can tell, but it's just been, we have a good relationship. It's been a blessing in my life to have this relationship with Audrey. um, And it's just wonderful to watch the things that God has done in her life through, partly through Alongside, but through Jesus being a part of her life.
5: Thank you. Hey, Abel, would you come up? So this is Abel. Abel has gone through the Alongside program as well and is a graduate now. and. Uh, God, there were some extra benefits (laughs) for Abel besides the spiritual uh, that alongside provided. So he met this wonderful lady and uh, their uh, life partner. So I want you to uh, tell that story, how you and Audrey came together. Um, The first time I saw Audrey, it
0: was was the day of my release. That was uh, when I saw her. But um, God had a different plan for me. Uh, and that he wanted me to learn who Jesus Christ was. So my mind wasn't focused on women at that point in time. Um, it, it, I didn't really become introduced to Audrey till how many months later? It was a while. It was it was a, yeah more than, at least about a year I think. Um.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you? Uh, there's a strict rule about not getting together with the women in the program. So how did you get by that rule, or how'd that work? <laughs> once again, I said, once again through the program, like
0: my focus was entirely on Christ. The women and the men are separated in the program for good reasons, I might add. Um, but my mind was was entirely on getting to know Christ, um, as Paul said. The the recidivism rate. I was I was a part of that. I was a part of that statistic for up until the. Forty-sixth year of my life. Um, it wasn't up until um, the time I was crying myself to sleep in bed. Uh, I remember the I remember the wetness of the pillow, um, asking God for help. I need help out of this. Uh, that's when He came into my life, and I was arrested a week later, uh, and I ended up in the county jail. Can I keep going, or you want me to? Well.
5: <laughs> I want to get back to. Um, you had no thoughts uh, directed towards Audrey until a- after you were out of the program. Is that correct? And so, um, but you did see each other at church, uh, if I understand. Is that is that correct? That is correct. Okay. So, how did just how how did things go after you were out of the program, and how did you start connecting with Audrey?
0: That's that's a really long story. Uh, let's see. I, I believe she graduated first, and then I graduated. Uh, uh, th- I graduated first. <laughs> <laughs> Which took about eight months uh, after my release date. Uh, and then I, um, I stayed in the program, I stayed in the community, because you're, you're afforded that option. Uh, and I felt that was the best thing for me. Um, it was, wasn't probably... We, w- where we actually started really getting to know each other was a different program called AW, and we used to go on the bus to this program. I used to go just to get a free bus pass for the month and then I would sit and listen, and what they would do is teach life skills. And that's kind of where we started talking because she used to take the bus as well. And that's where we started opening up to each other. I still didn't have any idea of what God was doing in the background up until maybe about a year, 18 months afterwards. That's when we started talking. Uh, First date was really like a meeting, like a business meeting, kind of laying everything out on the table because I knew in my heart that, that I didn't want any relationship that I had had in the past, to I, I didn't want this relationship to be like anything I had in the past. I wanted I wanted to start off completely new, and we, you know, and we I think we're both in agreement on that. That's pretty much how the how that meeting slash first date went. <laughs> um, we laid we laid everything on the table, and then we just you know we were right here eye to eye on what we wanted. To do in this relationship, and we decided courtship was going to be the best thing because we knew absolutely nothing about it. Um, we didn't want to date like we did in the past and get involved in in that kind of mess. So, so we started courting.
5: That's the story I wanted to get to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, uh, Sherry and Audrey. Uh, you can go ahead down, and I, w- I want to just uh, give Abel more uh, a little bit more chance this morning. We're running short on time, but uh, but don't let that. Okay, I want I want to hear uh, now. You can just tell us a little bit about your background and then the story of how you came to Christ. I'm prone to allergies, so if I get started, please forgive me. Um, and I did
0: I did make notes so that way I wouldn't rabbit trail. All right, so here we go. Uh, my background, prior to alongside, alongside ministries, was as I mentioned, it was it was just full of in and out of jails, uh, drugs and alcohol. Um, I'm sure you've known people or or have seen, you know, movies on on that type of behavior. So I was not contributing to society or to my family or to anybody for that point. Not even towards my own growth. Um, I was I was as far away from Christ as you can possibly get. Uh, I didn't know who Jesus was, to be honest with you. I was raised a Catholic. Um, not to put Catholics down, but I, I, did, I did not know what that relationship with Christ was like. I, I had no idea. Shall I like keep going? <laughs> okay. So it's, uh, how, um, I came to know Christ um, pretty much that night when, when I just laid it out to God and said, I need you. Uh, I didn't know, but... Um, a week later, I'd, uh, this would be my final arrest. I got arrested, um, driving uh, under the influence. Uh, that in itself doesn't get you into prison, but when you are assaultive with a police officer, that does. So that's kind of what happened. Um, I didn't know about it till after I woke up in jail um, the next day, and then when I started coming down off of my high and my drunk, um, I kind of remembered. I kind of remembered asking God about it into my life. And it, it was like a light going off. And um, I knew that was it was part of God's plan right then and there. And so I, I committed, and I said, I want to serve you, God. Um, come with me. Uh, so I went through some ups and downs in the county jail. Uh, and They got this thing called, uh, what's it called, Rapid? There's a way they, they sentence you really quick now. It's like less than three months. So I was going through ups and downs in that, and then they—I um, got close to my sentencing, and and they gave me actually a lot less time than I should have gotten. Um, actually, I deserve—I deserve hell, but they gave me uh, thirteen months, and I don't think I've ever signed anything that quick in my life. Um, and I said, okay, I'll take that. And it was in the county jails, where my where my heart was open, and my ears were open as well. Um, I was asking for a, a different way out. Same thing with, the re- with, with like, the relationship. I had, I had asked God that I wanted something different. I don't want to get out and go back through the same thing again because it was, it, was, it was a cycle. It had become a cycle, that recidivism. Um, and then that's where I heard, of, I heard alongside. Um, and when I got to the prison yard, that's when I wrote them, and I said, hey, you know, I'd like to be a part of your program. I don't know anything about being a Christian or anything about your program. I, I want to change. I need new. They would write me back. Um, the founder's wife actually would write the letters back to us. Her name was Sherry, and um, I remember getting a letter, and it was like, wow. I mean, when you're in prison, you know, you don't get much mail, fan mail at that. Um, <laughs> so so I got a letter, and they said, okay, and then then they send somebody down there to interview you. So it's a process. Um, And I remember talking to Collis, who who was the founder, and he says, we almost didn't take you, he said. And I don't, you know, and I look back on that now and I I just give so much thanks to God because they did. I did pass. Um, uh, And then they set me up with a mentor whose name was also Paul. Um, And the the, the wonderful thing about about the mentor is um, he was the only person that would show up um, when my family couldn't. and I remember him traveling all over the state. Every time I would move, he would follow me. And he would always be, he'd be there for, to visit me and to, and to go over the word of God with me. Because I, I didn't know what I was doing. He would have gave me a book and told me, here, study this. I, I don't know what I was doing at that time. So it was wonderful to have another, another male figure come along my side and show me how to walk like a Christian.
5: Okay. I think that's the heart of what we wanted to get at People and uh, it's evident to uh, many, many people that uh, the, the changes that God has brought in your life, dy- dynamic change of direction. So, uh, thank you. <laughs> uh, so, I just uh, want to say it's been a very, very meaningful experience, uh, first of all, for Sherry and I. Uh, We've, we've seen men and women, um, and, and for Sherry and I, particularly women, uh, from on the inside, and God completely changed the direction of their life 180 degrees, and then it all comes together at this graduation ceremony after they've been on the outside for uh, about a, a year's time and completed the program. Um, I would like to encourage you, if you are just looking for t- to take a further step in serving God, Uh, This is a tremendous way to get involved. The the number one thing that uh, is volunteers to be mentors. Um, We do have need for Bible study teachers and and preachers. Right now, the preaching is not going on still because of COVID, so I haven't gone back in since COVID came. But uh, Sherry's doing the Bible study leading. But the, the main thing that is needed is volunteers to be mentors. And let me tell you this, you can do it. Uh, You might think it's very, very intimidating, but if you are just a person who is committed to Christ and you feel that you are growing in your faith, that's it. You can mentor another person. It's not a hard thing to do, and going into prison is not uh, the uh, intimidating thing that you can think it is. Uh, It's a way that God can, can minister to you, and then you can pour into another person's life and see God do tremendous things tremendous changes that will affect you for the rest of your life. So if you ha- if, if that speaks to you at all this morning, I would encourage you to come up and, and speak with Sherry and I, or Abel, Audrey, and their, their friends, uh, Jen and Ernesto, who all four have been through the program, and just uh, talk with them. We've got some materials on the back uh, pay, uh, table also in the lobby that you could stop by and take a look at that. I'm going to invite the worship team if you would come forward right now. Jonathan.
1: Let's go ahead and have these guys come on up front as the worship team is coming. We just want to pray over you guys and um, Paul and Sherry as well. We appreciate you guys sharing your story. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you're doing um, in and through alongside ministries, Lord. Thank you for these couples. Um, They are just a trophy of your grace. And Lord, we thank you um, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of our testimony that Satan wanted to bring destruction and chaos. But we stand strong in victory knowing that you have overcome the world. God, thank you so much for just the willingness for them to be obedient, for the willingness for all the people at alongside and just all the homes that they encompass, Lord. Continue to bless these ministries. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you.